0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Uncanny Tracks, where we talk about the Legion of Superheroes movie that came out in 2020. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight?
1: Doing all right, Bob. This is a different take on the Legion than I'm used to. With the uh, it's not not as cartoony. I mean, it's an animated, not not the same kind of animation. A lot of the DC animated original movies have
0: this kind of style of it's more more realistic, naturalistic animation, less less kind of cartoony, like the Teen Titans or Legion's series, you know?
1: Yeah, I I'm was just, I'm just used to seeing these Legion characters, like, with the cartoony stuff, but this is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, in the opening, Matt, uh, we have, uh, you know, these production logos, and we have uh, Supergirl's uh, ship. Did you get a very Star Trek vibe off of all that? Oh, yeah, I did. Same colors and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like an animated Star Trek show that was not prodigy. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. And then uh, we also meet
0: early on Supergirl's mom. And, you know, with her with her kind of interesting demeanor, she's, you know, all about the cheat to win. She dislikes the science council. She's very military. Kind of get General Zod vibes off Supergirl's mom.
1: Yeah, when I first uh, was introduced to her, I, I don't remember her at all, like from the comics. Even though, I mean, we've read some of the, some of the stuff, you know, with the origin story of Supergirl, and uh, I almost thought we were getting like a gender swap, General Zod, <laughs> and that somehow she was tied into Supergirl's origin. I was like, no, that's not what we're getting here. I remember right, she's not. Very central to
0: the Silver Age Supergirl origins, but it's more Supergirl's dad. But she is pretty important in the Supergirl live action show, and she is pretty important. The New Krypton uh, crossover series that came out in like the late 20, uh, the late aughts around like 2010. And I actually happen to really like New Krypton. Apparently, I'm kind of in a minority about that, but um, I, I think it's a pretty good crossover. When did New Krypton take place? Right before Flashpoint, like 2009, 2010. Okay. It, and it's one of those things that sometimes gets blamed for why DC
1: had to reboot the whole universe. Oh, <laughs> that one story caused us all to have to reboot the whole franchise.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, Matt, this is... Uh, I want to have to talk about this, but I do want to say detail with which they animate Supergirl's jumpsuit stretched over her crotch. It's a little...
1: I didn't catch on to this Bob, so I don't know. I'm gonna to have to go back and I don't know if you go back and rewatch this. You really don't need to.
0: I just I don't know. It's there's a long tradition uh, about over sexualizing Supergirl. You know, she's a teenage girl. It's not No, oh, come on. They
1: wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shocking. Shocking. I know, right. So did you like this version of Solomon Grundy? He has a noose around his neck, a blaster rifle, and uh, an ability to slightly change his rhymes.
1: Yeah, I thought, well, that's different, you know, that there's something off with Solomon Grundy here, but in all honesty, is the only reason Solomon Grundy is still around is because of Long Halloween. I think so. I mean, he was a. It, it seems strange to say this now, but the is that he was a pretty regular Superman villain in the seventies. Okay. Uh, yeah. cause, I mean, I remember him being on Super Friends, but yeah, I just don't understand his staying power. <laughs> He's... He's strong enough that you can use him against Superman,
0: but he's creepy enough that you can use him against Batman, and he's got a cool gimmick, and he's a zombie. I mean, you know,
1: there's a lot of there's a lot to recommend him. Yeah, there, there, I guess there are things that you can do with him, but he's just he's in everything now. I feel like I've beat Solomon Grundy like ten times in video games. And, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just serious. Like, like out of all the characters you thought like would just be like, oh, that's that's garbage. He's he's everywhere.
0: So I do just want to say that. I enjoy, agree with, and celebrate Supergirl thinking that Earth is a backwards hellhole. Oh, well, she's not wrong. She No, no, she's not. She's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, prove her wrong. That's what I say. Prove <laughs> her wrong. <laughs> and then do you have any thoughts on the trope of Batman distrusting Supergirl? As far as I know, that originates with Jeff Loeb like reintroducing Silver Age Supergirl in the mid-aughts in that Superman Batman series we used to read.
1: Yeah, my mind went straight to that comic once batman started his shit i was like i remember collecting those superman batman issues and thinking though this is a really cool story you know batman doesn't trust the supergirl he knows something's up and it, at one point i think she goes and she like uh, she ends up being like one of dark side's minions or something or yeah dark Side yeah, takes she, her as a wife or some weird shit you know it's, the, it's the, the female furies take her i'm pretty sure yeah it's a it was an interesting little it was an interesting series the art style i think is what caught on for most people though yeah, i was much
0: of a fan then but you know it it, it certainly was uh, it certainly was a big splash and we do have the reveal right that like inner gang is trafficking. i think it's inner no it's the dark circle sorry we have the reveal that the dark circle is trafficking future technology to the present right and so solomon grundy's blaster rifle comes from that which honestly at the start even though it's unlikely that Grundy would have a blaster rifle I just thought it was like well you gotta level him up technologically to have him fight Superman instead of Batman
1: <laughs> yeah he's gotta have a nice laser gun uh, and then we
0: get you know Superman sends Supergirl to the future uh we have a bunch of holograms um, oh, let's, let's talk about the
1: match just a second Bob yeah yeah here's Superman's solution to his problem well S- Supergirl landed on the planet Batman's scared that she's gonna screw stuff up and tear up things so let's send her to the future I'll fix things she's better I think it's a better plan than you're giving it credit for. It's like. He just leaves her there. Like, here, cause all the chaos you want here because, you know. He leaves her with a team in a school
0: in a future that's a lot more like. In a future Earth that's a lot more like Krypton than present Earth. I think it's a better plan than you're giving it uh, credit for. I I do. One thing I don't like about this, though, is that it, it makes it clear that Superman contacted the Legion in his early days on the Justice League, which seems wrong to me like i you know i like superman contacting the legion when he's superboy and if he does that it makes a little bit more sense he's like oh they you know they help me they help mentor me they can help mentor you sort of thing i don't think they can use superboy like that anymore they can oh they can settle the lawsuits you the lawsuits are like 10 years old at this oh, point
1: well you're right, then. I don't know why they don't go that route, then.
0: Yeah, I, I think they just want to be different, but I, I don't know. To me, you lose something if it's like Superman contacts the Legion as an adult. It's like Maybe at this point?
1: point, too, they don't want us confusing the Superboys, though. Like his That's true. And That's Boy true. Because yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they, that. bo-
0: they both have Connor and John Kent around, although they pointedly don't call John Kent Superboy, although, honestly, I'm, st- I'm still going to call John Kent
1: Superboy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So... There's the thing, like I just it, it, that's probably why they didn't go that direction. Yeah, so that, that, like just that's, just aban- right. that's abandoning that's right. Supergirl to the future. Come on no. Like, just... but he's not
0: abandoning her to the future. Supergirl. He's enrolling her in a school with a bunch of friends for gifted youngsters.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> Liv- in the future, by a balding person that does no, not have no... does not have a cool flying chair in this in this. There's no
0: creepy, not a bald head at this school, Matt. It's not the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have holograms of uh, Pharaoh Lad and Censor Girl. You know who they are, Matt. Pharaoh Lad is now Censor Girl. I'm not as familiar. I'm not familiar with. Can she's a character in disguise, and I'm not going to ruin who she actually is because I want you to read those comics at some point. Okay, but uh, you know, disguise is a big trope of the 1960s Legion stories right like a lot of characters are in disguise you think about who sensor girl was originally supposed to be like think about the initials i mean it's either saturn girl or supergirl supergirl yeah so original the original idea was a sensor girl shows up after supergirl dies in the crisis on infinite earths And the original uh, idea was to reveal her to be um, this, you know, Silver Age Supergirl having survived the crisis on infinite Earths. But then that idea got nixed. Oh, okay, Huh. Well, that would have been kind of interesting, though. Yeah, the, the way they go is also interesting, but I, do, I don't want to spoil it for you because I want you to read it at some point. Okay. Then just to say about Farah Lad, we, we talked about him in our coverage of the Legion cartoon. Um, he was originally supposed to be uh, African or African-American, uh, and you can kind of see that like this Feralad is you know does have dark skin, and so that's nice to fulfill. Like the, in, in the 60s, the editor of the Legion was super racist, and so the writer wasn't actually allowed to make Lad uh, dark skinned.
1: That's sad. We I mean, yeah. watched. We, we watched the whole thing on a Pharaoh lad sacrificing himself. <laughs> we did. We did. It was good. It was good. It was the, uh, and then the season season one uh, finale. <laughs> we
0: got three other holograms of uh, Tyrock, Kid Quantum, and Karate Kid. Uh, who of those do you
1: remember, Matt? I remember all of them except Kid Quantum.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just for the listeners, say is actually the first Black Legionnaire. And he's sometimes thought to be problematic, but I think he rocks. He he usually uh, wears a a costume that's a little bit like uh, James Brown and Elvis in Vegas, <laughs> and uh, then Karate Kid. We know Karate Kid, right? And oh, then yeah. Kid, yeah. So Kid Quantum is a character who's introduced in the early '90s, but he's retconned as having been one of the earliest Legionnaires but he had powers that were dependent on technology and his technology failed on a mission and he gets killed. He's the source of the rule that the legionnaires actually have to have powers, they can't just use technology. And in the 90s his sister uh joins joins the uh legion and it's actually very cool. But she just doesn't show up anymore. If... Uh she gets erased. Uh, if I'm remembering right, the first kid quantum gets revealed towards the end of the first timeline of the legion which runs from the late 50s to the to zero hour the female kid quantum the sister gets introduced in the zero hour timeline which runs from about 10 years from like 1994 to about 2005 or so. and then when they erase or they get rid of that timeline i don't think she's shown up in any of the subsequent timelines if that makes sense oh, okay then one other we s- thing, we see a yellow-skinned fish alien in a helmet that gives him methane gas swimming around. Uh, his name is uh, Telus. He's one of my favorite Legionnaires from the 80s when they really started trying to have non-human or non-humanoid Legionnaires. So it's like a fish creature? Uh, yeah,
1: he's cool. He's cool. He's a telepath. Telepathic fish. The opposite <laughs> of Aquaman.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, Matt, did you ever watch any of the Supergirl TV series?
1: Uh, no, not really. I watched so, it like the first episode.
0: Nice. One of the things they do in that series is they have like Monel and Supergirl have a big romance, and uh, this is a very different version of Monel. His uh, fondness for conformity and robots amused me deeply. <laughs>
1: so, in the Supergirl series, do we see the you see a? Th- a uh, very few who
0: show up in the present. I don't I don't think it they ever go to the future and I think they were meaning to go more in the legion direction and make like a legion CW show but they wound up not doing it. And so they kind of I think they kind of eventually swerve in different directions. Although I've only watched some of the Supergirl show. I when I when it became obvious that they weren't actually going to do the legion, I kind of lost interest. Wow.
1: See, I just, I've seen several incarnations of the Legion, like, live action. Like they even had them on Smallville.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, it's just the founders, right? It's right. Cosmic Boy, Super, Saturn Girl, and Lightning Lad. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Although, it, wasn't there something with, like, him contacting them during the Doomsday fight or something?
1: Yeah, it's, it's something. Uh, it's been a long time, but, yeah, that, that show got insane towards the end. Just like Gotham.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Romantic tension in this movie, both between Monel and Supergirl, and then also with Brainiac 5 and Supergirl. It's a pretty uh, storied romance uh, in the original Legion of Superheroes timeline, which, you know, I, I like to say that they transfer to Superboy and Brainiac 5 in the, in the animated series we're watching right now. And then I, I do really love that moment where Supergirl puts Brainy in a, a force field, and uh, I also just really like uh, how they... Portray Brainiac's technology in this, whereas in the animated series we're watching, he's just kind of a lame Iron Man knockoff. But here, like the use of force fields and the kind of creative technologies, it's much
1: better. You like that belt buck, belt button, button, belt buckle button, belt buckle button, Bob?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. It's very Silver Age. I dig it. All right, in this uh, in this upcoming fight scene, Matt, who do you recognize?
1: Timberwolf wolf who's like much scarier here
0: yeah yeah original wolverine Timberwolf, wolf huh
1: oh yeah he's like way more scary looking than he is on the uh, in season one of legion now season two of legion he's getting a little scarier he's getting he's getting a little
0: more extreme he, he could is. use he could use a robot arm though that's really what he's missing as a robot arm
1: he's getting extreme That's too much for me
0: <laughs> you're a very delicate guy man and then you, you recognize Bouncing Boy, right? Oh, yeah, I recognize Bouncing Boy. He's a little too serious here. But yeah, yeah, yeah they, don't, they don't really play him uh, for enough laughs here. We find out that uh, Timberwolf is uh, running the show with Shadow Lass and Chemical King. So Shadow Last is a pretty important legionnaire, although we haven't seen her and won't see her, I don't think, in the animated. And uh, Chemical King is a very minor legionnaire who the Dark Circle actually does kill off in the 70s. He did have a long and uh, gay subtext. With we, we also have uh, the second Invisible Kid here, uh, who's Senegalese. Uh, in the comics, we find it, the white streak in his hair is the result of a really cool encounter he has with Darkseid. Not from a Lazarus pip? No, although a different incarnation of the Legion does eventually meet Ra's al Wow. <laughs> they could all have
1: gray streaks in their hair.
0: And then some of the other trainees, um, I, I have to say, like, they portray Dawnstar as bubbly. That seems wrong to me. Um, they don't give triplicate girls different selves, different personalities. And they make Phantom Girl basically just this shy, retiring, shrinking violet. I don't really like any of that.
1: Yeah, I feel like their personalities weren't the same here as they should, like as they are the other show on the on the animated series. And it's a new version, whatever. But still, come on. And in the animated series too, their personalities are kind of exaggerated at times.
0: Yeah, um, were you were you happy to see Arm Fall Off Boy in this version as well?
1: I was, Bob. But it's not Arm Fall Off Boy anymore. It's Arm Fall Off Man. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so it seems like the Dark Circle kills one of triplicate girls three personas. And then I think we've already established in our, our Legion show that Brainiac 5's creation, Computo, uh, is the first one to kill one of triplicate
1: girls person. becomes a duplicate duo damsel. Duo damsel. Duo, duo damsel. damsel. You got it.
0: Uh, Matt, did you suspect Timberwolf as being the Dark Circle mole? No. You just, you just, you just trust the wolf man?
1: I just trusted the wolf man. I thought he was just being his wolf self, but apparently he wasn't.
0: <laughs> and then another thing, as long as I'm, they make Shadow Lass a teleporter, which she's just supposed to like manipulate shadows. I don't, I don't love it. makes her too much like magic from the X-Men.
1: Yeah, I got those vibes too. You know, she
0: like long predates magic, of course, but uh, I guess she is actually ripping off magic here with the teleporting. So fair's fair, I guess. Do you remember uh, Black Zero? No. Okay, did you watch this show, Krypton? I did not, no. I actually did. Uh, they're pretty important in the show Krypton, Kryptonian terrorist organization. And I Dark Circle, like I've kind of mentioned, is like a long-time like set of Legion adversaries, but I don't think anybody's ever connected Black Zero and Dark Circle before, although the connection is somewhat
1: obvious, right? Oh Yeah, I mean, they both have dark black-colored things.
0: <laughs> wait wait till you hear about my new organization matt gray oval
1: <laughs> black circle the dark circle black o black zero gray
0: gray oval matt it's gray gonna catch oval.
1: on gray oval. it's gonna catch on I see it <laughs> so matt what was your favorite visual of this movie i think when all the brainiacs were fighting each other within the same body they're trying to yeah. like uh, take over like the one body, and you have four different Brainiacs trying to get control.
0: I like that. I like that. I, I I'd say for me, like when they have the green lines around Supergirl's uh, shiv wound from the Kryptonite shiv, um, and like you, I did really like the screaming clone faces in Brainiac One's body. I mean, I thought both were pretty grotesque for a cartoon, which I appreciated.
1: Oh yeah, they are. It's it's, it's a cool way they did it and the style they did. Probably a of resident evil who is your favorite major character off of this movie i'm gonna go with supergirl bob
0: you, you just sympathize so much with uh her being abandoned by superman
1: yeah i just felt bad for her and i feel like they could do a decent supergirl woman of tomorrow film with this supergirl that would be fun maybe they ought to get a better title
0: for it but... yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, honestly I, I guess i'll go with brainiac five just because i think this is Maybe the first Legion story to really exploit the Legion being suspicious of Brainiac 5. Like, early, like, when he joins
1: the team, at least. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered that. Like, they don't seem as suspicious in, like, animated series when... I wouldn't well, trust like, anyone I, named Brainiac. It's a lost opportunity, but, I mean,
0: he's introduced in the Silver Age. And I think the idea, right, is, like, this is the utopian future. So, of course, Superman's enemies descendant is a good guy, right? Like, that's kind of... The fact that he's the good guy is, like,
1: a bit... But I I agree with you. It's like a lost uh, storytelling. Now, Bob, my favorite minor character goes to Arms Fall Off Man. We got to call him by his name, Arms Fall Off Man. I think it's just Arm Fall Off Man though. Oh, Arm Fall Off Man. Whatever. And the reason I like this design of the character, though, Bob, is because he doesn't have buttholes on his nubs.
0: Mm. Mm. <laughs> with I mean, his arms go back in. That is an important consideration. I agree.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate uh, them not doing that like they do in the comics <laughs> and on the little, little buttholes. All right.
0: I'm going to go uh, Chemical King. Uh, him being a senior member is kind of cool. It was not expected. <laughs> All oh, right, Bob, my,
1: my least favorite character is going to have to be Triplicate Girl. Her characterization here is so boring. Yeah, they did a terrible job with Triplica Girl. More interesting in everything else.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm going to complain about Monel. Uh, him being a traitor sucks. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So a lot of my favorite sci-fi franchises are obsessed with Academy stories like Trek uh, and Star Wars all do this. But Legion uh, got there first in the late 60s. But I got to say, I, like I hate the trope. I hate, like, I don't want to watch a Starfleet Academy show. I don't really care about a Legion Academy. Like, do you like this trope? Do you have any idea of, like, why they keep going back to this trope? You don't want,
1: you don't like to watch people in school? No, I don't. I was in school. <laughs> it's, it's not interesting to you to watch people in school doing school. No. no. No, I rem- I remember I remember school. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's the same reason Bobby they
0: never made my Gotham City High show. You know, that actually sounds more fun than these academy
1: shows. <laughs> Gotham City High School. This is my friend Edward Nigma. <laughs> He's really good at puzzles. <laughs> okay, well
0: yeah, I, well, anything you say in that tone of voice is going to sound stupid, Matt. Yeah, fair.
1: Yeah. This is Selena like right. Kyle. She stole your heart, and she'll steal your lunch.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you would need a better writer for Gotham <laughs> you. You're an idea. You're an idea, man. You're not a writer. Man, Bob, Bane's always hanging out in the gym. No, Matt, he's not hanging out in the gym. He's juicing. <laughs> How does he get these kind of results, Bob? I mean, it must be juice, Matt.
1: Here comes that class clown, Jack Napier.
0: No, Matt. His name is Joe. It has <laughs> it has a hyphen. It has his a hyphen. His name is Joe. Yeah. He's Joe dash Kerr.
1: His last name is Kerr. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know people named Kerr. It's a name. <laughs> his name is Joe two, Kerr. Two R's. Two R's, dog. Jesus no Christ. One will, no one will ever suspect. Uh, it's no E at the end of Joe. He's in draw. Any regrets about this movie, Matt?
1: Yeah, I regret it. took me so long to watch the damn thing. Jeez.
0: Yeah, what what's your problem, man? Why can't you just no watch idea. A, a, it? I an me, like, 80 three minute to watch this movie? film in like it's a five nine, different it's series. not even a 90 minute movie. It's an 80 <laughs> minute
1: movie. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just I think I just prefer the cartoon series, Bob. I just don't know what it is.
0: I I agree with you, Matt. The cartoon series is much better. I don't know. I, I got a lot of small regrets about the movie, but honestly, it's nice to have a Legion movie. So, you know, I'm not going to complain too much.
1: Yeah, maybe they'll do a sequel.
0: Don't really expect there will be. I do really want the new Legion animated series they were talking about. Between uh, the Discovery merger and the writers and actors strike, I just assume it'll. And I just assume it won't happen,
1: right? I it's DOA. Do happen. It ain't happening.
0: Well, we don't know for sure it's not. But yeah, it seems like a safe assumption that a lot of things are not going to happen. Uh, with, 2032. You know, I just think it's really funny to get mocked about something not going to happen from the man who's been telling me about plans to make movies that have not happened since the late 90s.
1: Ghostbusters 3 did happen.
0: <laughs> it
1: did. It was just it an all-female cast. <laughs> well,
0: what, why, and then why it got made problem? again with Paul Rudd. Why do you have a problem with that, Matt? Are you sexist? You sound sexist to me. Hey, I,
1: Michael Keaton Batman came back, Bob. The Flash. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. that's And it it got beat by a a movie uh, spreading panic about child trafficking.
1: Well, I got to go watch the Barbie movie, so. All right.
0: Have fun at the Barbie movie, man. This has been (laughs) Uncanny Trek's. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thanks for